and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of October 30th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And before we look back at the week that was, this is Halloween week, so I wanted to wish everyone A happy Halloween with your kids, your friends, however you celebrate, however you dress up. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. It is, if not my favorite, one of my favorite holidays and my favorite costume of all time that I came up with had to be when I dressed up as Teen Wolf, full basketball uniform, long socks, the whole nine yards. So with that, let's look back. It was a rough week and maybe I was just trying to stall a little bit. The S&P 500 was down two and a half or 2.53% for the week. So now the year to day gain is just seven and a quarter percent. So we have chipped away at that mighty year to day gain that we saw in the S&P 500. And this week it was a little bit different than the previous week, but we still had some key sectors Driving down the market, technology down 1.72%, communication services down 5.16%, thanks largely to the weakness we saw in Google coming out of their print, and then consumer discretionary down 1.38%. But the big story this week was energy down 6.24%, the worst performing sector for the week. And that's a pretty violent move in an energy sector that we all know is volatile. We talk about it all the time. But what's interesting about The week beyond the earnings story, because as I mentioned, Google or Alphabet, if you will, dragged down that communication services sector for the week. It was really a pretty nice week in terms of economic data. We had new and pending home sales, both better than expected. PMIs, both on services and manufacturing, better than expected. We had this really strong GDP print, 4.9%, the highest number we've seen in almost two years. And then we got some inflation data, which at least directionally seems to be supportive of the idea that inflation is ebbing. PCE was right in line at 0.3% month over month or 3.7% year over year. So ultimately, this was a week where the economic data was pretty robust and seems to be showing a resiliency of the U.S. economy that a lot of people have been pointing to, especially when we have this recession, no recession debate. So you come out of a week thinking, well, the economic backdrop remains pretty robust and we're going to get more economic data in the weeks and months ahead that'll give us a clearer picture, as we'll also get a Fed decision here shortly. But you look up at the scoreboard, and the S&P 500 is down 2.5%, and you really don't have much in terms of respite this week from a relative performance perspective. XLU, utilities up 1.21%. We had a decent print from leadership in that category. You look at the other defensive sectors, healthcare down 3.83%, so underperforming the market, staples down 1.03%, so some relative strength there, some relative defensiveness. But by and large, this was a really weak market against a really strong macro backdrop, or at least economic data that seemed to read really strong. And the volume here, 900 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup. That is a very active week and I think reflective of widespread participation 
in the market and specifically across the select sector spider lineup. In fact, that is one of the highest readings from a overall aggregate volume perspective we've seen in quite some time. And just perhaps an indication that we are in the fourth quarter. People are using ETFs to tax loss harvest, as we talked about recently on the pod, to reposition into year end in anticipation of 2024. But from a flows perspective, the story this week was XLF. 12 and a half or 12 million shares out of XLF this week. So nine and a half million shares redeemed net across the select sector spider lineup. We did see 5 million shares created in XLE, but then we saw 1 million plus in redemptions and discretionary XLY utilities, XLU communication services and healthcare. And then we saw a million or so of creates in technology. So, it really was a week in which the economic data belied the market. And we hear it time and time again. The market is in the economy and vice versa. And this week, if nothing else, was an indication of that. And we had been in this period previously where bad economic data was good for the market. Good economic data was bad for the market. And you look at the S&P 500 down 250 basis points and 10 of 11 gig sectors down for the week. And it certainly seems as if that good economic data, including that really strong GDP print, as well as some of those PMIs that are starting to pop their head up out of the soil. And you wonder, is this just a lull, a correction? And you have people now calling for a technical bottom in the market. We'll see. But the sector in focus this week is energy. And it's not just because it's down 6% for the week. I think This is a sector I enjoy talking about. I think it's such a fascinating segment of the market, given all of the cross currents that we see with energy along the lines of the energy transition, along the lines of ESG. And then the real term, real time, I should say, backdrop for energy, which is a very tight supply market globally, which continues to persist. We've got demand that is expected to be undermined by slowing global economic activity, and yet the energy sector has been leadership now for the past couple months on a relative basis. And we're starting to see some action. Chevron acquiring Hess and Exxon acquiring Pioneer. So we're in this energy cycle, however you want to define it. Is it the same as previous energy cycles? I'm not sure. It certainly feels a little bit different in terms of how these companies have or have not spent money from it. CapEx perspective from a new investment perspective, but we do tend to see in these big cycles media acquisitions like this. And so a couple $50 billion plus acquisitions by the two largest companies in the sector of some really large companies in the sector is noteworthy. And you add to the fact that not only has Exxon and Chevron gone out and bought these companies recently, they've also been acquiring smaller companies over the course of the past few months. Chevron acquired PDC Energy. You had Exxon acquiring some carbon capture assets. So there's some M&A taking place in energy that's reflective of, I think, some bullishness on the case of some of these key energy firms, but also the race, if you will, to improve fundamentals, the race to improve, quote unquote, synergies, but also perhaps to find ways to improve and optimize the operations in various basins, the Permian specifically here in the United States, and also their global footprint 
as it relates to diversifying their energy mix and their production mix. And so with energy at this point in time, having been the best sector in 2022 by a wide margin, having been the best performing sector in 2021, and then for the most part in 2023, lagging the market and then all of a sudden waking up over the course of the past couple of months, partly because energy prices rallied as significantly as they did. It's in this really interesting spot where on a relative valuation basis, it still screens as a sector that trades at a discount to the market on a price to earnings, price to free cash flow, free cash flow yield basis has really strong fundamentals, has a really high yield on a relative basis to the market, still below what you're going to get on your cash, still below what you're going to get on, say, a 10 year treasury in this market environment, but also a sector that continues to compound cash flow based on the fundamental changes that we've talked about where these companies to a name have cleaned up balance sheets or deleveraged. They've been undertaking massive buyback programs. They've been very disciplined in how they deploy capital and invest CapEx. And by and large, it's a sector that just hasn't seen as much momentous flow activity as you might have expected given all of those characteristics and the fact that on a relative basis, it has performed so well over the course of the past couple of years and more recently. So we'll keep an eye on energy as we get into year end and as we move into 2024. But from a macroeconomic perspective, from a fundamental perspective, from a valuation perspective, it is a sector that's at a unique access point relative to all of those dynamics, more so perhaps than any other sector in the market, whether it's communication services, technology, discretionary, or some of the defensive sectors. There just aren't a lot of sectors right now that check the box from a fundamental perspective, checks the box from a valuation perspective and have macroeconomic dynamics that are also supportive. Whether or not that portends to strong performance remains to be seen, and I certainly don't have a crystal ball, but I find energy to be so fascinating because of all of those dynamics. And when it's down 6.24% for the week, which is quite a move, it certainly seems like an appropriate time to explore it and to talk about it, especially with the news recently of those big acquisitions by those two headline companies that make up more than 40% of the sector by weight. So looking ahead to next week on the economic data front, it is Fed week, so we're going to get a Fed decision. The General consensus seems to be another no action, pause, whatever you want to call it, no hike, no cut, no pivot, but the language will be important. The post-meeting press conference, as always, will be very important, and we'll see how the market interprets it all. We're going to get payrolls at the end of the week as well, so quite a week in terms of economic data. We're going to get consumer confidence. And we're going to get ISM services to manufacturing. So we've got a textured view of the economy once again, led by, of course, a Fed decision and non-farm payrolls, which is always one of the most important data points in this market on the back of, as we talked about, a week in which we saw a really, really strong GDP print. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for joining me. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And as always, please visit sectorspiders.com for all the information you need on all things sectors, research, content, and market insights. Take care. 